Well, hello and welcome to In the Growth Space. This is the show for business owners and leaders who have a thirst for growth. My name is David McGlennon and I'm your host. Thanks so much for listening in. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. This podcast is all about growth. It's about business growth and team growth and personal growth. And today I'm talking with someone who has worked with the biggest names in the marketing, business and personal growth industries. His name is Matt McWilliams and he's known as The Affiliate Guy. And that's the name of his podcast, The Affiliate Guy. Now, in order to be sure that everyone listening knows what an affiliate is, it's someone who markets another company's or another person's product and receives a commission payment. So Matt helps some really big names to create and manage their affiliate program relationships. And Matt was a part of a very fast-growing startup company early in his career, so he had some real common ground with that. And he shares some really great stories about his own personal and his company growth in this episode. And I'll be back at the end to give you my top three takeaways. So here's our conversation now. Well, hey, Matt, uh, welcome to In the Growth Space. It's uh, so good to have you here. I know it's been a little while since we've had this uh, scheduled, but it's so good to, to, to have you all on the podcast. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, David. I, I will say for those of you who, who don't watch the video, if, I don't know if there's a video version of this, but David just hit the microphone. I and, did. <laughs> uh, I am famous for doing that because I'm a handsy talker. It's why, I got, it's why I got the boom mic that goes up. That's what because I if get. it were down here, you would have already heard me do that. So David, you're in good company. I'm a handsy oh, talker. And it. yeah, my, my podcast editor uh, used to hate me. Uh, <laughs> hitting things, hitting the, the desk, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, totally with you. Well, man, um, I, I'd love to, uh, to talk a little bit today about your growth journey. I know before we started recording, we were uh, chatting just a little bit. And before we get into this quote that I want you to talk into, so you're known as the affiliate guy. So for, for those yeah. people who are listening, watching that don't know what that is, like, how did you get that? How did you get that uh, brand? So it's, it's actually kind of an interesting story. Um, people call me that, you know, and that that's kind of the thing. Like uh, I've been in the affiliate marketing space for gosh, what is it? 16 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Memorial day, 2005, the, the short version of that story is we're sitting there on a Friday evening startup company. We don't know how we're going to cover payroll after the round that we're getting ready to make on Monday. Um, Cause we paid on Mondays for some weird reason. I don't remember why. <laughs> uh, and we're like, well, we don't have any money left after that. You know, we got to, so we're like whiteboarding, like we can find like $50 here and a hundred dollars here. And, you know, yeah. I was like, well, what about these people called affiliates? You know, they're like, they're like marketers who market your company. This is 2005. So if you know what affiliate marketing is, don't laugh at my simplistic explanation. I've got a little (laughs) bit more nuance these days, guys. (laughs) And I'm like, they're like, they market your company and you don't pay them until after the sale is made. In fact, back then it was perfectly acceptable to pay net 45. 
And as a company that had no money, that was a great way to cash flow things. And so I spent the entire Memorial Day weekend, David, I didn't go eat a hot dog. I didn't drink a beer. I didn't do anything, but sit in the office. I'm not joking. 18 hours a day for three straight days, learning how to do this thing. Well, the problem was there was no affiliate guy back then. I went to Google. I found like two blog posts and a forum post, and I basically (laughs) made the rest up. But I started reaching out to people. I started kind of making this system up. I screwed up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, I found my first few affiliates. I still remember my very first affiliate guy from Western North Carolina. His name was Brandon Miller. Oh man! I, I mean, he could call me up today and be like, "Hey, Matt, it's Brandon." I'd still know who it is. You sure. know, <laughs> that's great. Um, made like three hundred dollars his first month. Made us about six. You know, three hundred. It was a 50-50 split. He made us about six hundred bucks. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that we we didn't really set that three hundred that was going to him aside. We kind of used that. Uh, so we cash flowed that sucker for about thirty days, and thankfully it all worked out. Fast forward about eighteen months later, we're doing over a million dollars a month. Wow. And so that was kind of the genesis. I've, I've since been yeah. the last 16 years doing this, working with clients. We've worked with clients, uh, people that you've probably heard, you know, Brian Tracy, Lewis yeah. Howells, uh, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, Zig Ziglar's yeah. company, Adidas, uh, Michael Hyatt, um, Jeff Goins, Ray Edwards, Rich Sheffron. It's amazing. A bunch of others. I sometimes forget Stu McLaren, you know, and yeah. some others. Um, we've, we've worked with some amazing people. Um, but we've also worked with like a lot of smaller entrepreneurs, you know, mm-hmm. people who are in five figure and six figure and low seven figure land helping them. And mm. I really discovered, I love teaching this stuff. Like I mm. love implementing, I love cool. doing it but more than anything. I just love teaching this. And so the mm. name, the affiliate guy came about because in 2012, I had a, a blog I'll, still at mattmcwilliams.com. If you go back at if you go back long enough into the archives of mattmcwilliams.com, you'll start finding a lot of stuff where it's like, that's not about marketing. It's uh, yeah. about like personal growth and leadership and, you know, yeah. personal development and goal setting. Like what the, yeah. heck, what was the deal? Yeah. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. Uh, I thought I was supposed to like, I'm going to change the world. Right. So sure. I'm going to, in order to change the world, you got to do like these big things. You can't like change the world doing affiliate marketing. Right. So I kept saying, I, everybody told me, you, dude, you need to teach affiliate marketing. You need to teach affiliate, have people how to start an affiliate program. You're the best in the world at this. Like you're the best mm-hmm. in the world at executing. You need to teach that. I don't want to be the affiliate guy. I don't want to be <laughs> the affiliate guy. I don't want to be the affiliate guy. Like that's not my thing. <laughs> and so one night when I decided to switch uh, and I decided to switch the brands and I decided to start a podcast, I told my wife, I'm going to call the podcast, the affiliate guy. Yeah. Yeah. As a consistent every day reminder that that's what I am. And I remember David, there was a, so shortly after I'd switched, um, I helped a friend she's in the parenting space Hmm. run her affiliate program. Now I did it. Yes. I got paid, but I did it as a last minute thing because we were on a call. She was actually helping me with the project. Oh. Uh, we were doing some sort of bundle or something. And she was giving me some ideas and strategies. And I was like, well, how are things for you? And she's describing, I'm like, listen, I know your launch is in like two weeks, but do you need help with the affiliate side? She's like, could you please? I'm like, yeah, we've got time on our calendar. I've actually got kind of a lull. I'll be honest, I was kind of planning on taking a little bit of a break then from client work, but you need help and I'm available. Let's figure uh-huh. something out. And I helped her. She helps, uh, her brand is called Calm the Chaos. And it's all about basically taking chaotic family situations and calming them, right? Yeah, nice. And I I helped her. I helped her. um, I helped one affiliate who the previous launch had made zero sales, made something like 17 sales. I helped an affiliate whose goal was five sales, make over 50 sales. I helped their number one affiliate go from like 10 sales to over 60 sales. 
And I remember I'm walking down the stairs one night, David. And, and I hope for everybody, there's a lesson somewhere in yeah. this story. I, I don't oh, know what the lesson is for you. I know for me, it was like, stop resisting the thing that everybody's telling you to do. Yes. I think yes. everybody might be right. Maybe not, <laughs> yeah. but everybody might be right. A few yeah. people can be wrong when everybody around you was saying to do something. Maybe you need to lean into that a little bit, or at least explore that, not just automatically resist it. So I'm walking down the yeah. stairs one night and our, our stairs kind of make an L shape. And I get to that part halfway down where it's flat. And I just I stopped and I went, wait a minute. We had just had one of those bedtimes for anybody who has kids, you know, <laughs> when you have, especially when you have two kids or more that bedtime ranges from um, mommy, mommy, daddy, he's pinching me. He's hitting me. He dumped yeah. a cup of water down my pants. Yes. <laughs> That's the one extreme. Yeah. And then like, you're trying to do your thing. Like, you know, we read the Bible and we pray tonight, yeah. you know, pray at night yeah. as a family. And they're like, you know, hit, playing the drums. Okay. That's right. the one extreme. The other extreme is they listened, they engaged, they were nice to each other. Yeah. They were, they were loving yeah. And I remember walking in the stairs going, we just had one of those bedtimes. And I was like, that's <laughs> kind of cool. And then it hit me because I taught affiliate marketing mm. because I did the thing that I'm uniquely qualified to do. And I feel like yeah. I'm the best in the world at all. Yeah. I did was take my gift. Yeah. Uh, the thing I've not just a gift, but the thing I learned and I've invested in, it's just mm -hmm. affiliate marketing. That's all I do. I just help some affiliates make more sales. Hey, that's cool. I helped a couple of businesses make a little bit more money. Whoop de do Right. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I could point to hundreds of families potentially who that night were having the exact same experience I was mm. because of the course they bought from a friend, a client. Yeah. And I went, ah, you know what? I'm the affiliate guy. Yeah. Cool. Oh my gosh. I love that. You, you just, I mean, that, the, the lesson for me is that, I mean, you embrace, embraced who you reluctantly, are I mean, reluctantly. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you also started to recognize, Hey, look, I, I I've got, I can make an impact doing this. I can make mm -hmm. an impact and, and really there I, I can change the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. And I think that was the realization is like, it doesn't have to be this, um, you know, like you, in order to change the world, like you don't have to like invent something. You don't have to found Tesla. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. You don't have to, uh, you know, George Washington Carver coming up with thousands of uses or whatever for the peanut or right. uh, what's his name? Norman Borlaug. I think, you know, the guy who hybridized wheat so that millions of people in sub-Saharan Africa could not die of malnutrition. Those right. are amazing things. Uh, yeah. We can't all do that. Like, I don't have any training in agriculture. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't have that background. I have a, a background, uh, you know, self-taught, but I have a background in in affiliate marketing and, 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 and marketing in general and sales. It's like, okay, how can I use that? And so yeah. because of that, I mean, I don't know how many things that we've sold that have mm -hmm. impacted people in a, in a positive way. I mean, how many, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it, like it, the downline is amazing. You know, yeah. the number of uh, one of our clients, she, they, they work with what she calls twice exceptional children. Hmm. So these are kids that are amazingly brilliant. Oh, cool. They're, they're probably going to Harvard. Mm. maybe Dartmouth at the worst, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but they also have something like ADHD or they're on the autism spectrum. Sure. Sure. And I'm like, you know, we, we helped her with her, she had a virtual summit. And I think the year before we worked with her, she had like 6,000 people. Then you mm. think about like 6,000 people, a lot of us in the marketing world be like, 
that's not very many people. Um, just for like, that is larger than the average division one school draws to a basketball game times like two. Okay. Yeah. Just to give you some perspective, like Gonzaga who played for the national title last year, I think averages about 6,000 people per game. Wow. And not everybody can be the university of Tennessee, you know, they're drawing 20,000 people. Okay. Right. Um, or if you want like a, you know, a more realistic example, Kentucky and I hate them, but whatever. Um, of course. You know, oh, I love you, Kentucky. You're all related. It's great. Uh, this is these, like, just asterisk. These are my views, not David's um, just for, for clarification. Uh, well, my, I am from Indiana, so I don't, particularly care for Kentucky. So, I'm okay, well, you know, so, yeah. I mean, well, that was David's view, not mine. That was, my, yeah. I didn't say anything about it. That was all David. That was all and, me. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a large amount of people, but we helped her get up. We helped her go over 40,000 people, Wow. you know, and it's amazing. like, like 34,000 more people that got this mm. important message that, that are learning how to like, I would never say this, but they're learning how to deal. I can't think of a word, yeah. how to deal with the idiosyncrasies of their children, but help them to thrive. And I'm like, yeah. holy crap, like all I did, all I did was just talk with her every couple of weeks for about five months and teach her how to do virtual summits and how to work with affiliates. And it's like, yeah. that's my jam. And I, so I think like, you know, there's that old thing, like, you know, we all can't be the, the you know, the CEO, we, the, the world needs janitors. It's not even about that. No. It's not even about that. It's like, what is that thing? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's like bursting out of you. Like how, how does, how does being Dan Carlin, who's the host of hardcore history, teaching people history, how does that change the world? But when millions of people now have a better understanding of what led us into world war one, mm -hmm. maybe one of those people will be the one who stops world war three. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, so did Dan Carlin save millions of people from a podcast? I might've. Yeah. You know, it's entirely yeah. possible. That's in, yeah. there's a logical, you know, progression from there. All he did yeah. was start a business, so to speak, doing a podcast talking about historical events. And it's like, I think about that, but he, if mm -hmm. he didn't lean into the fact that people kept saying, Dan, you know, it's just fascinating how you tell these stories about history. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. You should do something with that. You should, oh, but I'm not a historian. He's not a historian. He'll be the first. He yeah. says it in every show about every 15 minutes. Now I'm not a historian, but boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. and it's like, if he hadn't leaned into that, um, I don't know. I, I truly yeah. believe like there's going to be some way and he, we may never know. Sure. There's going sure. to be some way that that stupid little podcast, yeah. <laughs> you know, that he did about Genghis Khan or the one he did about the rise of atomic weapons or whatever is going to be like some world changing event. And we'll never mm -hmm. even know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think that just leaning into the thing that you say, that you are, I mean, it, you know, even though he says, you know, Hey, I'm not a historian, but he's leaning into it anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, getting outside of your, your comfort zone and, and pushing through that thing that makes you uncomfortable and doing it anyway. And, 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 and actually kind of fulfilling your purpose. I, I, I think that that's a lot of what growth is. And, and yeah. so I'm kind of curious, like for you, you know, I, I know, you know, you've, you've shared on your podcast because I've, I've listened to it that, you know, you've had, you've had growth journeys, you've had some ups, you've had some downs, but you've been really growing. And, and I'm curious, like, what's the thing that I guess like sent you outside of your comfort zone that really has made a difference in your own, you know, business growth or personal growth or both? Hmm. There's probably a few things. Um, I mean, number one, uh, leading people, mm -hmm. you know, this has been, um, I, I kind of got, 
I got criticized recently uh, for this. It was kind of weird. Uh, I won't get into the whole backstory of this, but it was like, I, I, I had, I produced a podcast episode called, called something along the lines of, do you suffer from business PTSD? Hmm. And they, they criticized me for minimizing people who truly have PTSD. And I'm like, uh, okay. I, I wasn't saying this was a clinical diagnosis. First of all, I put the word business in front of it, you know, right, like this sure. is not, I'm not equating what I went through to somebody who my, my, my brother-in-law is a firefighter and he, he showed up, uh, there was a triple homicide, mm. and he was the first responder and what he witnessed, just him describing it. I, I mean, it was sickening, you know, and I can't yeah. even imagine the experience. Yeah. I am not equating what I went through struggling as a leader and having a really bad experience and, and making some mistakes and, uh, and also kind of getting some things go wrong that I had no control over just as he had no control over him showing up in that situation yeah. to what he went through. Mm -hmm. But there are levels to this. And in fact, um, the, the probably clinical definition when I looked it up is what's called adjustment disorder. Mm -hmm. I think for about a decade, I struggled with adjustment disorder. I oh, yeah. could not get past what I went through mm. more than 10 years ago. Yeah, sure. And I was talking about it with my team and like, we've kind of stagnated. I, I had a few employees um, pretty much leveled off in terms of revenue and profit. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't because like I got fat and happy, you know, mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, I was afraid to grow. Oh, like, interesting. And it, yeah. we talk about a house of cards kind of just falling down. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, you know what it is? It, it was a, it was a traumatic situation. And I was unable to get past it. So whatever you want to call that, I don't even yeah, know sure. clinical yeah. diagnosis. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I wasn't able to get past that. And so that was probably the, that was one of the big, the, one of the big things that's been uncomfortable was kind of figuring out, okay, what does that look like to be the face yeah. of a company? The company is literally named after me right? and lead it and be able to, you know, grow our business. And, and mm -hmm. so far, you know, in the past year, this is really about a year and change ago that I really kind of. It was about two years ago that I discovered it, but a year ago that I started to break free from it. Mm, um, wow, and yeah. so, you know, we've added, um, we've added three new team members in the past year. Again, for a small company, we've yeah. gone through some transition with some key members leaving to go okay. to uh, amazing opportunities. One of which is actually with a client. Oh, nice. Uh, that one I talked about earlier with the twice exceptional children. Yeah. He's got two twice exceptional children. Oh, wow. And I said, um, I was like, dude, Easy. I can't compete with that. If your yeah. heart's telling you to go to that, you need to go yeah. to that. Um, and then we're at, you know, we're starting an agency. Uh, we have a new team member starting next week. So I mean, we're at, that'll be our fourth one and we're starting wow. to grow and our revenue is starting to grow and I'm starting to understand, okay, here's how you lead. Yeah. Um, so lead, leading would be one of them. It was, it was sure. not something that comes naturally to me. Um, mm -hmm. I have to work at it and study it and, and screw up. I have to apologize a lot. <laughs> you know? I, I um, resemble that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's been, um, Oh, it's been great. a big one for me, honestly, business-wise. That's yeah. uh, it's and it's interesting. Like it, it, I've noticed that it affects every area of my life. Mm. You know, there's, it, I'm a better self-leader. Oh, you know, yeah. there, there's some stuff there. Um, sure. You know, it's um, you know, I even think about like this morning. I I was just tired. <laughs> I had stuff to do, and the last thing I wanted to do was work out. Yeah. Totally I just, get that, man. <laughs> and, I, and I look at it and I go, well, I've only got till, you know, I've only got, I, I, I my workouts are typically about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. It's a good, hard workout for me. Yeah. Like, we only have 55 minutes. But like, well, now by the time I go up and put my shoes on, 
like 52. I can't really do a great workout in 52 minutes. I might as well just not. Mm. So I actually delayed about another two minutes and went, wait a minute. I can do a 50 minute workout. Yeah. Like, love that. Am I going to be able to necessarily do as many reps as I would in an hour? No, it's actually 33% less time. Right. But I'm like, I can push myself for 50 minutes to the point of just failure. Mm -hmm. And I did. Yeah, I love it. I <laughs> and love I'm hurting it. right now, to be I'm honest, sure. because I think I probably worked my muscles harder in 50 minutes than I would have in an hour and 15. Isn't that uh, interesting? There's a lesson yeah. there, but it's like that yeah. kind of thing, like the self-leadership to be like, no, if, if, if I was an employee, yeah, would I be like, ah, you're right, you only have 50 minutes to work on that project that's due tomorrow. Yeah. You don't have the four hours of focus time that we really advocate you have at least three times a week. Mm -hmm. you know, this is a four hour project. What's 50 minutes, right? What can right. you do in 50 minutes? You know, you can do it 50 you, minutes. You can write a thousand words for your book. That's right. I did that. I never spent more than an hour and 15 minutes writing my book. And I wrote an 84,000 word book. Love it, man. What took me about three months. I you know? love that. It was wow. all in, in the, the last 20%. I never wrote more than 17 minutes. Wow. Wow. That's uh, a whole, like we had a big client launch and I remember I was talking to one of them, I was like, how am I going to do this? And, and Robbie on our team, who's the yeah. productivity expert is like, what if you just wrote for 15 minutes? And I'm like, yeah, I'll write for 17 minutes. I don't know why, but that just feels like the right amount of time, yeah. 17 minutes. And I would set a timer and that would yeah. go off. And I, I only allowed myself three more minutes. So I allowed mm -hmm. myself up to 20 if I needed it. Yeah. The timer would go off. And if I was at a stopping point, boom, I stopped. If I mm -hmm. really needed to finish something, I wrote for three more minutes, you know, yeah, I and I wrote the last like 20,000 words in 17 minute bursts. Just in those segments. Oh, That's I amazing. Had. Yeah. But instead of stopping for a month and I, you know, because I was busy mm -hmm. and then trying to pick back up. So I think yeah. even the self-leadership side's kind of been kind of helpful, I guess. <laughs> Well, yeah. And, and, you know, I know one of your podcast episodes, there were, there were actually two that were really impactful for me um, mm. personally. The, the one I, I actually was after I listened to it that I wrote you um, because you, and this quote that you said in it, um, you, you said that which you do not hate, you tolerate. And mm. I, I know in this particular episode, you were talking about your growth journey in your health. And, but yet I, it's, there's some truth to that in all areas of our lives. We've got to be able to really hate the status quo enough to be able to move out of that and move past just being okay with being, yeah. you know, where we are and, and pushing through that. And so I, I'm kind of curious to me, you know, for me about, you know, like, how did that come about? Like, how did you get to a place where like you hated where you were physically, you know, your, your health, and then maybe even, you know, back to your business, like what got you out of the status quo for your business too? Yeah. I mean, that quote has been, um, super powerful for me because it's, it's like, I mean, kind of like this morning, yeah. um, you know, that which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate is Malcolm X yeah. who said that. And, yeah. and you could apply that to a million different things. You can apply sure. that to public policy was kind yeah. of what he was yeah. Uh, applying it to, I apply it to my personal life. It's like, okay, if, if, if you don't hate, and this doesn't mean like self-hate, okay. No, no. If you know that there's something better, mm -hmm. a better version of yourself. And if you don't hate the way things are now, yeah. Now to be clear, I want to say like, enjoy the process of improvement. Of it doesn't course, mean that yeah. if you, if you get a great workout in and you eat clean today, you don't wake up and we're going, no, I still hate myself. No, like <laughs> no. You know, celebrate that. 
Yeah. Okay. But if you don't hate it, eventually you're just going to tolerate it. And you look back yeah. and you go, okay, I spent the last 20 years mm-hmm. living a way that I moderately disliked. I'd rather hate something for a, a short period of time. You know, Tony Robbins talks about one thing I love about him. He's like, like change doesn't take 10 years. Change can happen like that. Yeah. Okay. I hate this. Yeah. I have to go. I have to do a 180. Mm-hmm. Now the results, as we know, you know, and I think weight loss is like the weight loss and physical transformation is like the perfect metaphor for yeah. everything in life. Cause just right. because I'm a better leader today, I can do everything right today. doesn't mean that the last two, three, four, five years of, of negative stuff it, it just goes away. Right. right. A relationship. Oh, wow. Your husband, you cook dinner and you treat, you know, you treat your wife. Well. Does that make up for the, fa- no, it doesn't make up for everything from the past, you know, five years. That's not how mm-hmm. that works. Yeah. But if you don't do a 180 because you, you hate what, what the status quo, you know, yeah. like you said, so you gotta like, whatever it is, you know, you're doing half a million dollars a year in your business. Right. You gotta hate that. If you mm-hmm. really think you should be, you should be doing a million, you should be having more impact. Yeah. You can't be yeah. like, you know, we're doing all right. No, you got to hate it. Yep. And so for me, you know, just from a physical standpoint, there wasn't just this one. It wasn't like that. It was a, it was a, it was like a buildup that finally mm. reached the point mm. where I said, oh, no, I'm this, this, this just changes now. Yeah. You know, the old saying, like, what is it? You know, you don't change until the point, uh, until the, until the pain of, of same as greater than the pain of the change, you yeah, know? Right. And I knew it was going to suck for mm-hmm. a period of time. Yeah. I knew that, you know, gosh, it was like, I think it's going to be like a year before I ever eat anything super fun again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think yeah. it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to work out sore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've kind of reached the point now where I don't really wake up all that sore anymore, yeah. you know? Uh, I think I will tomorrow, but <laughs> yeah. and I do, if I, I do, if I run sprints, it's sprint day yeah. is brutal on my hamstrings, but that's tough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Like waking up the next day and even trying to like walk is painful. Sure. But I knew that it was going to be like that for a while. Mm-hmm. There was going to be pain, mm-hmm. um, emotional and physical and all sorts of stuff, but I knew that it'd be worth it. And I think it's, yeah, yeah I mean, it's so true. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, relationships physical health, um, you know, I mean, you name it, yeah. you know, your business, your, mm. your life, your career, your job. I mean, like it could be truly like, if you don't, if you don't hate your job, <laughs> you just moderately dislike it. If you don't start hating it, you're yeah. just going to be stuck. You're going to be there five, 10 years from now. Nothing's going to change, right? Nothing's yeah. going to change. If you don't hate, um, I mean, like don't hate the person, but if you don't hate the performance of an employee, right. You're just going to tolerate it. You're going to tolerate it. And it's going to fester. And instead of having one employee, like eventually even the worst, the most disliked employee on the team will start to lower the standard. Right. Next thing you know, you've got a whole team of underperformers. Yep. And, you know, I mean, I had to learn that lesson already. Like I'd rather have two rock stars than four, like people operating at 80%. You think four times... 80 ends up at 320 versus two at hundred is 200. It's not like that. Doesn't work that way. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's weird. It's like the old horse, you know, you got two horses and then the whole, like, you know, like that whole thing. And it's like, yeah. but if you tolerate it, 
Yeah. It's just gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna get to the point where you do hate it, but now you hate it on a much bigger scale. And so that's right. Um, you can yeah. find anything in life and that's true. If you, you know, that which you do not hate, eventually you'll just tolerate it. And it just feels yeah. like it's, it's part of life. A great example of that, I think, um, because I don't hate it, but eventually I just started getting annoyed by it. Um, we have a garage door huh. that just periodically just doesn't like to close. <laughs> and it always doesn't like to close when we're run like right on time or two minutes late for like soccer practice or something. Right. right? Oh, yeah. So then you think, okay, well, wow. First world problem. I understand that. Yeah. But it means I got to get out of the car, go in, hold the thing down, yeah. go over to the other door, open that, you know, and it's like a two minute process. Again, right. it never happens when we have 15 minutes to spare. <laughs> right. And I'm like, so we just uh, tolerated it. Right. So then it's again, first world problem. I totally understand. It's annoying, but I finally just went, you know what? That is a source of stress in my life because it mm -hmm. puts us another two minutes behind. It's annoying. It's not about the two minutes. It's just about like, again, we're rushing. And now it's like, and I know what I, and the weird thing is like, I know because now we're stressed. And so then five minutes later, that stress boils over, somebody cuts somebody off. And mm. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If I eliminate that, yeah. so I was like, I have to hate the fact that the stupid garage door doesn't work. Yeah. And I just got a call. Let me go find that book that we have. We got the, <laughs> okay. It's this company. Hey, can you come fix our garage door? It's doing this. Yeah. 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 You know That's, what? It's been <laughs> months since I had to go do the whole, let me get out of the car, <laughs> go press this, you know? And now it's yeah. like, okay, I have mm. peace. I'm starting yeah. my, my trip to wherever it is. It could be driving long distance, could be driving across town, could be going to the store yeah. by myself with a kid. I'm starting it in a place of at least somewhat peace yeah. versus somewhat stress. It's almost like you're kind of ask yourself, well, what took me so long? Or, you know, why did I, you know, why did I, why, why didn't I do this sooner? And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I do a lot of work with um, senior leaders and in culture, in the culture of the mm. companies. And um, so there's a component of the framework that I use that is talking about accountability and accountability. What you are just talking about is we have this performer who maybe is a super performer, but they're a cancer for our culture and we just yeah. tolerate it. And then when we tolerate it so long, then it, it makes it so much more like difficult to actually re remove that cancer or remove the, and, and, and really create some accountability for your culture in um, getting rid of that person that uh, it, it takes so much more. But then once you do it, you, you basically ask yourself, well, what took me so long? Why didn't I do this sooner? Right. Well, and you begin to, you, uh, you adjust to accommodate. Yes. Um, now this is going to sound like a weird example, but I, you know, I coach, I've coached youth soccer for a while. Sure. Now it's youth soccer. And at sometimes it's not, but most of the levels that I've coached at, everybody plays and we try to get them equal playing time. All right. Yeah. Um, in fact, with like our son, you know, he's sick. He just turned six a couple of weeks ago. They don't uh, even keep score. Yeah. Yeah. But he knows great. the parents do. But, parents do. Yeah. You know, right. And then, uh, in one of the leagues he plays in, it is competitive and they even have like a championship and stuff like that. They won. Oh. Um, <laughs> but with one level, the, the rec level, they don't even keep score. All right. Yeah. And so as the, the quote unquote leader, and again, I'm not equating this to the job, but I'm saying that the same principles apply. Yeah. Inevitably because everybody plays and we have nine people on a team and five play at a time. There's a couple of players that are kind of weak. 
So you have those rules. Like we don't play both weak players at the same time. Uh, right. <laughs> if we play a weak player at left back, then yeah. meaning he's a defensive player. I got to have my strongest goal, goalie in. Uh, right? sure. Yeah. I got to have my strongest goalie. in if he's, if he's in the back, if he's yeah. up front, <laughs> then I'm actually going to have uh, my strong, my, you know, my, my strongest like striker up front. Uh-huh. And I'm going to work the ball from the back. And like, you think about those things, but sure. okay, this is youth soccer, Matt. This does not matter. No, the same principle applies because you, yeah. you literally begin to instinctively, I don't even have to think through that anymore with yeah. our team. I began to instinctively, like I've got this weak person. So if I've got this weak person and I know he's going to do this, that like, don't bring, don't ask this, don't do this. He can't do that. Even though that's part of his role. Like, you yeah. know, what topics you can't bring up in meetings. Mm. Don't ex- and it's like, you begin to accommodate and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm putting, not only is he weak and dragging the whole team down, but you're, I'm having to put in thought mm-hmm. and extra stuff when like, I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I found myself doing that in the past. Like, again, because I didn't hate it. I just tolerated it because tolerated, yeah. maybe it wasn't quite so bad mm-hmm. or maybe he was really, really weak. And we've all, we all know that, right? Oh my gosh, our best salesperson, but he's also a jerk. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And he's disruptive in team meetings. Yeah. So here's the thing hate that part. Yeah. Get that fixed. There's a deadline, dude. You Mm. got 60 days to fix this about you. I will support you. I will help you. I'll get you counseling. Yeah. This is, if this is, if this goes beyond like professional development and you literally have like an anger and I need to get you clinical counseling, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. But it will be fixed and it will be fixed or significantly. It needs to be markedly improved, like 50% improved in 60 days or you can't work here anymore. Yeah. Um, oh man, it's beautiful. That only happens if you hate that. If you hate that behavior, if you hate that aspect of the person. It is. Um, yeah. You can love them. You can, like I said, I mean, what what better sign? Like, I'm willing to pay for counseling. I'm willing to send you. I'm willing to do it. Like, that's love if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. He might, not, he might not like it, but that's love. Oh, but, yeah, you know, I don't care really, if he has to fake it. I don't care if he has to go learn the tools to fake it. Right? As long as he's not a jerk in team meetings. Yep. And he's not abusive to his colleagues. I don't care if he walks out at the end of every day, gets on the phone with his spouse and cusses everybody in the company out. If yeah. he continues to perform at sales mm-hmm. and he's not disruptive in, you know, in the ways that he's disruptive in the, the business. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, that's such a powerful thing, Matt. Thank you for sharing that because I think that, you know, when I heard um, that episode, it was really impactful for me because I think that it really, it it makes so much uh, sense. And yet so many people don't they, they, they get complacent, then they, they get yeah. uh, comfortable with that status quo. So I, I really appreciate that. Last thing I know, uh, and I want to be really respectful of your time. I know you've got to get going for another uh, meeting, but um, you, you have uh, actually paid for your own growth in masterminds. And I, I'd love for you just for a brief uh-huh. moment, just to speak into masterminds and, and, and how impactful that has been for your business growth and personal growth. Um. That's so much of my growth, um, which has then directly led to financial, you know, things. A lot of the stuff that I've gotten like help with hasn't been like, oh, well, you need to do this idea or this marketing thing or, you know, blah, blah. it hasn't been that. It's been mm-hmm. a lot of mind mindset stuff. Yeah. It's been a lot of, um, it's been a lot of bigger picture stuff. A lot of um, even like specifically, I'll give you one example. I mentioned, you know, we're starting an agency. Yeah. 
Now this came from a coach, not a mastermind, mm -hmm. but the same kind of thing. Like we're essentially yeah. masterminding together. And yeah. he was like, he said, you need to start an agency. And I was like, well, yeah, but here's why I don't want to. Boom. boom. He's like, no, 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 no. And you don't need to go out and find the best talent. He said an agency and I'm quoting, I wrote this quote down and I've <laughs> quoted it a million times. An agency is essentially getting low paid, unskilled labor to highly outperform. You train them uh, in the system. You train them in yeah. your way. He's like, what did you tell me that you love doing more than anything? And I said, coaching. He goes, cool. You love coaching your clients, coach your team members, just yeah. coach them on how to, to run an affiliate program. They will run it just like you do. You don't want an experienced affiliate manager for the same reason why, and this is my analogy, the same reason why Southwest Airlines never hires anybody from Delta or American. Sure. They want to go get a, they want to go get a, a waiter and train them in the, the nuance of Southwest. They want to go get somebody who's maybe uh, does telephone sales, train them how to be a flight attendant. They don't yeah. want somebody who's from Delta going, well, at Delta, we did it this <laughs> way. I don't care. Right. We're Southwest. Right. And so the other thing, this did come from a mastermind that to get, is, is the word clarity. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned, I just wrote a book and it'll yeah. hopefully come out about a year from now. Now's the time for me to release a book. Why? Because we've hit our financial goals as a company. Nice. But about six years ago, I was in a mastermind. And I said, okay, I've got three goals this year. I don't remember what the third one was, but one was I want to hit a million dollars in revenue. Two was I want to write a book. And one of the mastermind members, Scott Barlow said to me, he's like, which one's most important? Mm. We were at like $400,000 in revenue. I was like, yeah. We'll hit a million dollars in revenue. He goes, then forget about the book for this year. Uh, yeah. There'll be a time for the book. You're not going to write a book and hit a million dollars in revenue this year. You're not going to grow by 150% mm -hmm. and write a book this year. Yeah. Because the book's bringing in nothing this year. He's like, the book won't even bring in anything next year. It'll be the following year that it starts to bring in any substantial revenue. And he was like, there you go. And I'm like, oh, clarity. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's not a marketing tactic. That's more of just a, yeah, yeah. That clarity has been so huge from from both masterminds and coaches, David. I love it, Matt. Man, I thank you so much for sharing this My time pleasure. and sharing your growth. Uh, and I, I want to encourage everybody who's listening, who's watching, um, go out and listen to uh, Matt's podcast, The Affiliate Guy. You're going to learn. You're going to learn stuff about marketing. You're going to learn stuff about being an affiliate. You're going to also learn things about personal development and growth. And and uh, I just want to, uh, to to send it to everybody there and listen uh, because I, I think it's uh, and also go go get your book whenever it comes out. Right. It, Yep. about another year so <laughs> yes we'll see getting ready to hear from the publisher in the next couple of weeks so i oh, love it love <laughs> it well matt thank you again for spending time uh, with us here on the growth space i really appreciate it thank you david well i absolutely loved that conversation i had uh quite a few takeaways and uh i, I thought i would just highlight my top three because there, there were a lot of them, but the, the first thing that I wanted to make sure that I highlighted was something that Matt said um, about when he really stopped resisting the thing that everyone was telling him that he needed to do. And I think that that is a great that's just great advice. You know, stop resisting the thing that everyone is telling you to do. If someone's telling you that you're really great at something, then embrace that. And and really, that was the the other thing that that uh, stood out to me was just embrace who you are. And and when you do that, you're going to make an impact. And and by doing that, by embracing who you are, you'll really take the gift that you've been given and use it and and when you use it that's when you will make an impact and i just thought those were some some great takeaways for me and, and i also thought 
there was a, a, a part here where Matt talked about his impediment to growth. And I think this is really important to, to realize. I know it has been for me. And, and that was, he, he talked about being afraid to grow. And I'm just wondering, are you afraid to grow? Uh, I, I have to say that, you know, in, in a lot of ways, that's been me. I've been afraid to grow. And this year has really been a breakout year. Actually, last year has been a breakout year uh, for me and, and for Impact Leadership and, and the Emerging Leader Inner, Inner Circle Summit. So, you know, I think that when we identify our limiting beliefs and those things that will hold us back, we can get free of them and actually break through them. And the other thing that, that Matt said I thought was really important to recognize is that leadership affects every area of your life. I mean, every area of your life. And and the fact that he talked about self-leadership uh, being so key to growth, I, I couldn't agree more. And I loved the Malcolm X quote, that which you don't hate, you eventually tolerate. And, and it's true. I mean, we get so comfortable. We get so comfortable in what's called the, the velvet rut. Uh, it's, it's, it's so nice and smooth and it's soft and it's silky. And we get comfortable there. And so we've got to begin to hate the status quo. But I think the final thing, and this is the biggest thing for me, is the, 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 the power of the mastermind um, in both personal and professional growth. I mean, it, there's so much value in having people around you that will speak into you and that will help you see the things that you don't see. And the other thing I think is really uh, important to recognize is that uh, Matt even shared, he, he's invested in himself. He he made an investment and, and that investment in him, himself and when you make an investment in yourself, that investment will create a return. But that professional growth and personal growth does require an investment. One of my mentors says that your transformation begins with the transaction. And I, I know this is to be true in my own life. When I uh, began paying for a coach, and I've had multiple coaches, I have uh, masterminds, and and I've I paid to be a part of uh, the John Maxwell team, and that that propelled my growth. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're looking to grow, looking for uh, the power of a mastermind, you're going to need to invest in yourself. And that investment will yield and, and create a return. And with that in mind, one of the things that I wanted to announce is that the date for the Emerging Leader Inner Circle uh, Summit has been decided. And so it is Friday, December the 10th, Friday, December the 10th. And so I want to invite you, if you are a, a CEO, if you're a leader uh, and you have a, a, a team and, and you want to be in an environment with other like-minded leaders, you're going to want to be in the room with this summit. And I'm going to have in the show notes, the, the link to our registration page. So thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for um, tuning in uh, week after week. I appreciate getting the feedback and I, I would really appreciate it if you would go out and, and uh, rate the podcast, uh, give us a, a five-star rating. And if you would, just write a few words about what the podcast means to you as well. Uh, I, I would really appreciate it. It really makes a huge difference. So 
Thanks again. And until next time, remain in that growth space and be well.